the army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this, and bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Which will I think? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. <laughs> Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. This is Live at Five, Live yeah, at Five, Live at Five. Five, not Memorats. This is live. See, I'm, I'm hitting the microphone. I'm tapping it. Yep, that's live. There you go. Today is Tuesday. What is today? The 23rd. Is this the 23rd? Yes. <laughs> That'd be nice to know the date of uh, 2024. We have uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney calling in about eight minutes. What are you doing? Plus, we take your phone calls uh, about whatever you want to talk about within the realms of good taste. And, of course, all your Q&A about, I'm sure that will show up real soon as well. But um, just to let everybody know, I'll, just, I'll be very transparent. Uh, Jeff's just not feeling good. And, uh, you know, that's the that's reason why, one, um, people obviously concerned. And two, uh, calling up the station, uh, a lot of people reaching out to me, but Jeff wasn't able to make it uh, the last couple of days. So, uh, unfortunately, the uh, uh, hotline show put on hiatus, uh, at least from yesterday and today, but he's recovering. He should be back real soon, and we'll keep you updated on that. All right, so uh, driving around town today, and I noticed, it was, and I missed out because I was, you know, calling people, but uh, historic day, the uh, weather vane went up on top of the First Baptist Church. I know everyone's jumping up and down about that, but just to put up that weather vane, which was restored, uh, I know A. Kazi and Sons were uh, instrumental in, in sandblasting it, and uh, today there were huge cranes, I mean, enormous cranes. They had to cut off, shut off the eastern part of the uh, public square, obviously the corner of Public Square and State Street, in order for them to uh, facilitate or get around that corner and to put that up. And next thing you know, I drove by. I drove through about less than an hour later or so. It was done, finished. I wish I had seen it. It would have been like the abominable putting a, a star on top of the Christmas tree in Rudolph. A historic day. And uh, and you can see, even despite the fact that that uh, weather vane uh, is at least, what what is that, 150 feet or so? And you could see uh, how how it's been restored, so that was a big day. And then the other the other I I, I stopped by, but I, I reached out to people uh, that are part of JCC that are are refurbishing the old Strand movie theater, and uh, and I also saw it on Facebook today. I, everything just kind of culminated at the same time. All this progress that we're seeing, you know, Steve Bradley's got his uh, his place on Court Street. We did a feature about that. Uh, that that's that 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 is an event center. And then uh, the old Strand's been sitting dormant now for, what, at least eight, maybe ten years or so. And I know neighbors of Watertown are, are instrumental in putting that together, uh, along with other funds. I, I know there's two entities involved. I'm not, I'm not so sure about it. And then I reached out today to our friends at uh, Snowtown USA. Unfortunately, the, uh, the icing of the uh, uh, Park Circle, uh, which was planned, I believe, for a week ago or maybe two weeks ago, was postponed until this week, and they can't do it because uh, the weather is too warm. Uh, the, it's not ideal conditions. They did it last year, too. Uh, they were able to ice the uh, park circle, but it was too windy, too cold. Weird, but that's just the, you know, that's a tough break. And uh, over the years, uh, Snowtown USA has encountered that. We are Snowtown USA, but for some reason or other, they, they schedule, and, and it's, it's just a matter of luck. It's a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get in terms of weather. So no icing. However, there are other events, including the big ice sculpture event. That's going to be on, on February 4th. And I inquired. Her name is Jamie. very lovely. I inquired with Jamie whether or not they're going to do the, uh, uh, the film festival. Apparently, the film festival went by the wayside a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was due to COVID. But she asked me if I wanted to do, have something to do with it. Of course. But it's a lot of work. a lot of legwork. 
first thing I would do is get it out of the state office building. And now, of course, that we have Steve Bradley's place and then the Strand, uh, we have venues and we have places. And uh, I just think it makes more sense. So whatever. That was just a discussion I had uh, within the last couple of hours. So in about, I don't know, a minute or so, we're going to be talking to uh, uh, a Congresswoman Tenney. I'm, I'm lined up with some questions for her. Obviously, today is the big day in New Hampshire. Trump's going to walk away with a victory. But what everyone's looking for is uh, the margin of victory uh, because of the latest uh, traction and, um, and quite frankly, uh, surprising support that uh, Nikki Haley's been getting uh, ever since she couldn't define what started the, the Civil War. I, I don't want to sound like a, a typical lefty. Oh, she doesn't know what started the Civil War. She's a racist. Um, but I am shocked <laughs> that, you know, that I figured that might have been the last nail in the, uh, in, the, in, in the coffin as far as her campaign hopes were concerned. And, and I thought that uh, Ron DeSantis would, would kind of separate himself from her more by maybe two, three, maybe five points. That's not the case. As we all know, Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race this past Sunday. Nikki Haley is, is uh, uh, oh, she won the first six votes it's uh, to commemorate something that they've been doing now for uh, since 1960, whatever. You know, New, New Hampshire is the first state or was, uh, well, really the first official state to do it the normal way as far as uh, primary voting is concerned, unlike the caucus in Iowa. But, uh, you know, Biden's administration decided to make their first, you know, I guess, Democratic primary, South Carolina. But, and, and then some bozo went ahead and did some artificial intelligence and did some robocalling with uh, President Biden's voice saying, don't go, don't vote for any Democrats during this. It's a waste of time. Save it for the general election. I'm sure they'll put that guy away. Uh, before the uh, congresswoman calls... Interesting story. I, I didn't know anything about this, and I won't bring this up with the congresswoman because it just doesn't, it's not germane. But apparently there's a lunatic out uh, in the Chicago area that killed eight people. He killed himself today. And there's all speculation to why we're not hearing about this story. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, and, and, I, and maybe I missed it. Maybe at the top of the hour during the CBS uh, uh, f- uh, three, four minutes uh, news segment there, it was mentioned. But I was listening, and, uh, yeah, this, this guy went on a tirade. I don't know if it was over a drug deal or whatever, but um, eventually they caught up to him and he, and he took his own life. You won't hear about it. You could read between the lines and figure out why. Um, but uh, again, if it was some guy that perhaps maybe looked or resembled someone that, like Glenn Curry, he was probably off his meds and got into his grandfather's uh, uh, gun gun cabinet. Oh, those people are dangerous. Boy, you got to look out for them. What about the guy in Chicago? What about him? You're a racist. Anyway, so uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Tenney should be calling in in a little bit. So um, again, it's um, what's today? Tuesday. My eyesight sucks. And by the way, I had one heck of a phone call with our friends at Spectrum. And no, don't worry, Jim. It wasn't with the agency because I don't carry handle them as it is. But I had some weird explanation to why I'm being charged twenty nine dollars for a streaming service at our seasonal home, which somehow or other we set up in October. And I still go back to my into my uh, the archives in my own memory banks to see what what did I do to uh, what what happened there. You know what? I might be wrong. Uh, the congresswoman might be calling in about 10 minutes. I, I forget what, what time I scheduled it. So I can continue with this lovely story where I just, you know, when you do a seasonal deal, uh, it's like $5. And by that, I mean the Internet is kept on so you can keep, you know, webcams on. Uh, you could see the property. You know, you don't need broadband just to have a small little web camera sitting in a window so I could see if ice is falling or someone robbed us because there's been robberies up there over the last couple of years, whichever. So I keep getting these notices like, you owe us money. It's like, Mo, it's money. I'm, I'm, is it $5? No, it's $75. I'm like, okay. So I went over to the, and by the way, the people over here across from, uh, in front of Sam's Club where Spectrum is, that office, it's become our new uh, DMV. You can go into the DMV transfer plates from one car to the next, uh, get a registration for three vehicles, and, 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 and say hi to uh, a couple of people at the same time before someone will actually see you at Spectrum. That's not their fault. It's just a very powerful big company that handles so many things in your life. Whereas in the old days, it was, it was just HBO and basic cable. Well, went into upper tier, and now they're into uh, all types of things. So in addition, to uh, the, uh, we have uh, Spectrum mobile services through them, too. So in our case, because we're privileged people, we have two different uh, addresses. And so I have to go through the rigmarole to say, oh, no, it's this address, not the other one. 
So long story short, I, I'm stuck with a $29.95 uh, a streaming a, a per month charge, which somehow or other we started in October. Uh, but because I'm on seasonal now, they can't st- stop one without stopping the other for at least a year. Meaning by next year when we close up the place in October, we still can't have uh, the $5 seasonal charge, if that makes any sense. So it negates one or the other. You can outweigh, well, let's see. What I? So I just paid it. In the meantime, however, Glenn Curry, of course, you know, a little perturbed, you know, said a couple of words they shouldn't have said. So they hung up on me. Uh, I don't blame him. But when you're put in a situation where there's no give, there's no compromise, I'm just trying to plead my case. It's like, look, I'm not there. And I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to say it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's like living on the moon this time of year. Because someone inevitably in the other line doesn't care for one, has no clue where th- Three Mile Bay is, and and doesn't care as it is and shouldn't. And I get that. So I wasn't going to go there, but I'm like, what, why am I being charged for a service that I can't use with broadband? Well, you could use it on your phone. So I already have it on my phone because, look, look down. I'm, I'm, we're paying you from two separate sources, two separate accounts. Oh, uh, well, uh, so whatever. No get. There's no give. And again, I sit here and say, capitalism's great. Look at these kids. They want to go to socialism. They want to do this. They want to do that. I, I saw something today that kids make sure that they go to a college where the state is um, still permissible, still has abortion rights. Imagine that. It's like, what school? Hey, uh, um, um, uh, Melissa, what school are you going to? Wh- what kind of school do you want to go to, Melissa? Well, uh, I, 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 want to, you know, I want to pursue uh, my career in teaching. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I want to learn the sciences. Well, that's a good school for that. And I want to make sure that I can have an abortion in a school that would allow me in the state that it's located in. Oh, I see. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Times have changed. Uh, We didn't look at things back then. One, you were lucky to get into a school, at least if you were Glenn Curry, and uh, you typically chose something that you could afford, uh, particularly a state school, which I went to. I went to Oswego State. But when I heard that, I'm like, oh, my God. Unbelievable. So... As I'm waiting, uh, uh, I was on out of Washington Street today. I did tune into our favorite Yenta show. That's called The View. And uh, they, I tell you, each and every day as we get closer and closer, and I'll mention this uh, to the congresswoman a little bit, as we get closer and closer to the big election day, they get, they get um, more and more nervous. And quite frankly, they get very nasty. And how often I told, uh, who was I talking to earlier? I said, every time, you know, Sonny gets, gets on camera, she, everything comes down to race. And I just don't get it because we just, we, there's so many things that people are concerned with. Uh, you heard Michael Schwartz, Dr. Michael Schwartz yesterday, say he got a, a, a cart full of food, 400 bucks. We don't, you know, we're not concerned with Roe versus Wade and whether or not some college in some red state will allow it or not. Uh, we're more concerned with whether or not we can get through the week. And the left seems to be uh, so, so enamored with other things like that. Looks like we got somebody on the line. Let's see who that is. It's our friend John. What's going on, John? Mr. Curry, how are you? Good evening. I might lose you a little bit. I just want to say bit. a yeah. couple quick things. Yeah. It was funny about the spectrum because it is crazy, mm-hmm. especially if you're not changing in electronics or something like that. Right. But when you go, when you said uh, that going to license street cars and get plates and all this stuff. I'm like, do you know how much it costs me to put a car on the road for $365 mm-hmm. to get plates for a car and a title to, to retitle a car and $365. Hmm. It's a lot of money just, just to transfer one title. Yep. I don't understand that, John. You had to retitle a car. I've never heard of that before. No, I no, I just I you know I bought it from somebody and then the title was in their name and oh, they're going to mail me one. Right, right. I see whatever. what you're saying. It's a transfer, sure. Well, it was three hundred sixty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah. To get two plates and a registration sticker and a ten-day temporary inspection. Right, right. I guess that's the. And here's the one other thing I got to make in a complaint about urgent care up on caffeine. Okay. Because uh, they refused me treatment and um, hmm. not very happy. I had uh, really bad bronchitis, acute, they call it. I was sick. I need medicine. I went in there and I said, I need medicine. Right. I wore a mask and all that jazz. They, they said, okay, well, okay, well, what's your name, date of birth, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you owe $67. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. I said, for what? Well, we can't tell you. I go, well, what, when's the bill from? And they go, oh, 2017. All right, I go, well, I'll pay you right now. All right, John, I got to go, unfortunately. I got to go. All because right, sorry, I, Yeah, all right, I'll talk to you. All right, because uh, I, I thought I had a call coming in. Well, that's unfortunate. I, I didn't catch the name of the business, but nonetheless, I don't know why this happens. I don't know why people are, you know, you know, somehow or other being charged for things or refuse service. I can't comment on that. So, John, I apologize. That said, I have, uh, I thought I had someone on the line. So what we're waiting for, of course, is our call with, uh, so anyway, let's get back to the, to, to the other thing. It's just be careful because from what I gather, and, and again, you just got to go back into your own memory banks to determine how in the world I could have activated this, uh, this, this streaming service that, quite frankly, I didn't need. And uh, apparently I got it because I, I registered uh, this streaming service through the Roku stick. And, you know, that's the remote control. And typically, you know, there's a lot of buttons on there. I might have sat on it. You know how sometimes kids order stuff online because they grab the mom's phone or iPad. Next thing you know, they see a charge for a couple hundred dollars or something they didn't order. It's the only thing I could figure, because why would I add a service that late in the season? I'm not saying I didn't. I'm just trying to figure out how. And then on top of that, why Why couldn't they just, you know, cut that off? It seems like a simple process, but it's not. It's not, and there's no explanation. And I feel for the people that have to deal with idiots like me because I'm fr- frustrated. I'm not getting the answers. And, of course, they transfer me over f- from one person to the other. Oh, that's another department. So, you know, you just build up this anxiety and this 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 kind of like ugh. and you just know that if if there's no give it's just you're gonna get to that point where you're gonna get upset it's not right it's it's phone anger it's it's a pussy move i said it it's true because it's not someone in front of me so you can get away with it but uh, it's it's wrong but at the same time and I'm, again after after this happened i'm driving around and geez that was bad i wish i could say you can't call up and say can i speak to a customer service representative whatever because i didn't hear a name i wouldn't get through anyway and even if I, if I did have that opportunity they wouldn't believe me it must be a very difficult job but there's got to be some give there's got to be it's like you know i mean look i've made mistakes i don't want to piss somebody off because if you do, and there's a mistake made, you got to say, well, we can do this, that, and the other thing. But the last thing I want to do is says, tough luck. You got to do it. Because at that point, your relationship going forward, as far as the business level is concerned, it's done. It's finished. No one's going to want to work, work with you. And why would they? You have to have compromise. You have to have give. And, and again, the other thing is, um, it's not a tangible product. I know this, these companies are publicly owned and so forth. They need to make millions of dollars every hour. But it's not like something I own and then I'm, I refuse to give back. It's just like, look, give me a credit next time around and I'll be happy. Couldn't happen. So I paid it. Anyway, we might have the congresswoman on, and I believe we do. Uh, is this congresswoman uh, Claudia Tenney? Yes, this is, I'm here. How are you, this is Glenn. How, hey. are, how are you, uh, congresswoman Tenney? How are you doing oh, it today? Hey, Glenn. How are you doing? Are you in, uh, if you don't mind me asking, are you in D.C. right now? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm actually going to be in Watertown tomorrow, too. Oh, okay, great. All right, awesome, awesome. Um, We're in the district. Good. Well, you have a very, very big district, like like many people uh, in upstate New York. So that's good. Um, so, uh, again, today's the big day. Can, can, you, uh, can you predict who's going to win? There's a lot of big days coming up, but this might be the last day where two Republicans are actually running in a primary. And I know the next one's South Carolina, and more than likely Nick, uh, 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 Nikki Haley is going to be a part of that for obvious reasons. But what's your prediction for today's outcome in New Hampshire, Congresswoman? I think that Donald Trump wins by a significant margin, in spite of the fact that uh, many people changed their registration just to vote in the Republican primary to try to sway the outcome. But I, I, I actually, you know, politically and philosophically disagree with that idea. I don't like open primaries. I think closed primaries are the job of the people who sign up to be Republicans or Democrats or whatever party they're in. Uh, this is not for invaders to come in and, and change uh, the, the views of the party. So New York still has closed primaries. And I think that the whole mission of what we're based on as a country and as a state uh, is to give the parties their own Im- infrastructure and their own ability to create a party. And that's actually enshrined in election law in the state of New York. 
And why is it a state like New Hampshire does that? Live free or die? I guess they like to live by their own rules there? Well, look, it's Democrat-dominated, even though there's a lot of independents. And uh, a lot of independents, you know, want to want to be able to sway those elections, so they, they switch to a party. And I think most are probably disingenuous. They're doing it to try to manipulate the outcome of a party they don't disagree with. Sure. Interesting, you also have you have Dean Phillips on the ballot there. Right. Uh, and, and Joe Biden is not. Dean Phillips is a member of Congress who's challenging Joe Biden. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens on the the Democratic side there and what go, what happens going forward. Yeah, and I know you and I just talked about that maybe two, three weeks ago when we spoke about the prospect of, of the Democrats replacing Joe Biden at the last minute. Uh, and that makes for interesting radio, that's for sure. But who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, well, first, you know, the, the, the you know how cold it is up here. Last week, uh, we, we had uh, a report from Chicago about the Teslas and the, and the charging stations not functioning well. Um, is there anything Congress can do to calm down the EV industry as it relates to the latest stories that happened last week? EV cars, electric cars have been around a long time now already, but now more and more people are buying them, and we hear stories, tr- terrible stories. Thank God no one's died yet, but when you see people waiting in line to get to a, a, a charging station that one doesn't even work, and then your, your car is too cold— where are we going, in your view, Congresswoman, with, with the EV uh, industry, as far as uh, well, Congress? This is a classic example of the government giving out what are, in essence, subsidies to certain sectors, like the EV market, giving it to car dealerships and, and car manufacturers, to push them into this EV market instead of relying on market forces and, and letting people choose what they want. If people want to have an EV and it's the best and most popular solution, wherever it may be. Maybe it's down in Florida that are more popular. Uh, but this is when the government manipulates, uses our tax dollar. That's what a subsidy is. They mm-hmm. take our tax money, and they direct it to industries to promote the agenda that they want, as opposed to allowing the free market uh, to, to determine what would be produced by these companies. And, you know, there's no greater statement than what's happened while they've tried to manipulate the production of electric vehicles uh, with what's going on in Detroit and seeing what's happened to the unions. The unions uh, were relying on the, the decisions of management to go to the government and say, we want to have the, we'll take this EV money and we'll produce EVs. And now it's hurt the unions. And many of the union leaders and a lot of the union members are realizing this is a bad idea. So if mm-hmm. you go right to the workers and the people that are stuck in this marketplace, dependent on a, a government solution instead of a market solution, you see you have a disaster. And people should be able to choose. And you know. This is a problem. We talk about the, the weight of, of some of these electric vehicles, the engines, replacing them, how expensive it is, mm-hmm. and how in the end, uh, you know, producing these is not going to be better for our environment. It's not going to be a net improvement over our environment by producing EVs. Going to countries in the Congo and other areas where we have gross human rights violations, children digging in these mines day in and day out, taking the earth apart so that we can create this, uh, you know, and, and meet John Kerry's mythology <laughs> of a net zero world, meaning right. net zero, meaning no fossil fuels. Well, you know, it's not even disputed that natural gas has replaced uh, coal in many places and has brought down emissions in an historic fashion. And that's why we need to have President Trump back in. He understood energy and all of the above strategy, a smart strategy that we should be using. And uh, we're not doing that under the Democrats. We're using their religion of, of, of uh, climate change uh, and their religion of anti-fossil fuels, which is not the answer. Certainly we can use greener alternatives, but you're not going to have an earth and a, an, a, an economy and a prosperous economy where everyone gets to flourish without a mix, including fossil fuels, especially, you know, the wonder of natural gas, which has done so much for our environment. Mm-hmm. It has. And by the way, you mentioned union leaders, and it's it's not good for to lay people off, particularly at EV plants for Ford and other manufacturers. So it's, it is kicking and it's biting. You, you tweeted this. You said this is another example of why communities like uh, New York 24, your district, with extreme cold and winter weather, cannot rely on electric vehicles. And now we can't rely on, on, ke- on keeping employment at the, at the Ford uh, 150 plants and others. Um, so something's got to come to a head here. I think more and more people are realizing this, but some Something tells me that the Democrats will still go full force. What, what are your thoughts on that, Congresswoman? Well, unfortunately, we, we are in New York State where we have people who uh, do not listen to the science. Uh, they're very uh, dedicated uh, people like, uh, you know, Rachel May, who's the senator uh, from uh, the Syracuse region, 
who is a climate alarmist, a, an absolutist who doesn't understand climate. She's, you know, really just driving the agenda in many ways. And, and others in New York City who are driving this climate agenda. And, you know, many of them are actually, actually very wealthy. And I'll tell you something very, an interesting statistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got this information from uh, a think tank out of, out of Albany. So when you look at the usage of electricity in upstate New York, 93% of our electrical grid, and I'm not counting uh, the rest of the grid, but our electrical grid in upstate New York, mm-hmm. we use hydro, nuclear, and other green sources of energy in upstate New York. Look how green we are when we're west of Albany. Right. Look at New York City. New York City's energy grid is 99% dependent on fossil fuels. How are they going to make this energy transition that the Democrats are forcing down uh, everyone in in the state of New York, an unrealistic timeline that's going to cause people to to be very seriously injured, Mm -hmm. uh, to lose their jobs, to be hurt, and probably a mass exodus out of the state. Mm -hmm. And yet New York City is nowhere near as green or as uh, future-looking as upstate New York is when it comes to emissions and energy. And we also have to remember that New York State, especially upstate New York, New York 24, Mm -hmm. is the largest agricultural district in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. We need uh, fossil fuels. We we have a huge dairy industry. We have a lot of crops. We have the Wayne County uh, is the third largest apple producing county in the entire nation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need uh, to have uh, the usage of, of, of natural gas. We need fertilizer. We need to be able to harvest these crops that are producing energy, producing mm-hmm. uh, food, not just for New York and for the region, but also internationally. We're able to trade some of our, our, uh, our great produce overseas, including the apples that are produced right in Wayne County. Can you imagine electric uh, school buses uh, right here in Jefferson County or anywhere north of, of Syracuse? I mean, even in Syracuse? It's just, it's just, um, it, it's, not, it's, it's not plausible at all. Well, it's, cl- it's, it's also cost prohibitive. None of these school districts can afford to have that type of problem. And they're showing that a lot of tests have done, and I've spoken with some of the school districts. And by the way, that's not even in my jurisdiction anymore, but I, I'm still very interested. I was on the education committee when I served in the state legislature. But many of these superintendents and other, other school district superintendents have said, we, cannot, we have electric buses that cannot even make it on an entire bus route. That's incredible. So this is just unrealistic. That's dangerous for children to be stuck on an electric bus that may break down, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere out in the hinterlands when they have a long bus ride. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that are unsustainable. They're not smart. They're dangerous, and they could cost lives. No doubt about it. And, and again, I'm, I'm going with recent texts uh, or tweets, excuse me. The other one is uh, you have joined uh, Representative uh, F- Feenstra, I believe I'm saying his name or his or her name, in co-sponsoring the Death Tax Repeal Act. Can you explain, Congresswoman Tenney, what that's all about? Yeah, this is this has been I've been a co-sponsor of this bill since I was in Congress and actually in the state legislature. What this does is it, it we have a penalty. It's called the death tax. When you die, uh, there's a tax that's uh, against your estate. Now, remind you, when you've accumulated your estate over the time, mm-hmm. you've actually paid taxes. A lot of what taxes, you have yes. Left over mm-hmm. is what you put in your estate. Right. But when you are, uh, you know, an in, in, like say most most businesses in the, in the in the in upstate New York, actually in the country, are actually small businesses. Ninety nine percent of the people who work in our country work in a small business, mm-hmm. and many of these small businesses, particularly in upstate New York. Uh, use pass-throughs. That means they they uh, they have some kind of S corporation status or a personal tax return. So they they use their uh, their deductions and their and their purchase of equipment. Many of them are farmers, and they and they pass that through to their personal income tax uh, in order to gain benefits from it, and they can reinvest. If you are if we have this death tax, there are going to be people with. For example, farmers who have invested in expensive pieces of equipment, mm-hmm. in expensive land that's not actually producing any cash, mm-hmm. uh, but they could be forced to sell their land or sell their equipment and close the business or the entity they have just to pay taxes, that death tax, and it w- it's going to be devastating to our business community. And, and they're using perfectly legal tax means to, to uh, it's causing investment and growth. And, Glenn, the most important thing we can do right now is we have are facing high debts and debt and deficit, high taxes and inflation is mm-hmm. the only way out of this is growth. And in order to have growth, you have to allow businesses to reinvest, to invest in employees, and to use the money that they may gain to, to, to grow their, their business. And we're not allowing that when we continue to tax and take those assets away, put them into government and take them away from the very people who are producing growth, producing jobs. And think about this. Every single 
person who works for a business, when you say there's 50 employees in a business, mm-hmm. that business owner who is responsible for those 50 employees mm-hmm. is paying potentially for 50 cars, 50 mortgages, right, right. Uh, 50 you know, payments for food at the grocery store, mm-hmm. for households. Mm-hmm. This is what it really means. And so you're hurting the business owner, indirectly hurting each person who's working trying to make a living, trying to live the American dream, and, and contributing to our society. And, and they're taxing us to death. But on top of that, uh, Jean-Pierre uh, said that it was uh, uh, Trump's tax cuts and his policies during his administration is the reason why we're having difficulty now. So I, I guess that's their only way of taxing to death, uh, uh, the, uh, the dead people, excuse me, and, and taxing everything uh, between here and the sun. Um, when does it all stop or, or does it? Well, it only stops when we start electing Republicans. We elect President Trump to the presidency. We elect even more Republicans to the House of Representatives, and we must elect a Republican Senate. We cannot work with Chuck Schumer. This Republican conference that I serve in now, uh, very narrow majority. We're down to a two-seat majority. But all last year, we sent so many bills over to Chuck Schumer, excellent bills, Mm -hmm. H.R. 2, the most comprehensive border security bill that's ever been passed in the legislature to to attack the very biggest problem that we face is this disaster and catastrophe of the southern border and our northern border, as you know, we always highlight. Mm-hmm. And yet, Chuck Schumer sits there and does nothing. The Democratic Senate, controlled by Chuck Schumer, who's our senator, by right. the way, he's yeah, our yeah. senator, he's supposed to care about upstate New York, mm-hmm. nothing is getting passed or done that we are sending over from our house. And that's why we remain in this stalemate. And it's, it's, it's a tragedy that we cannot get these things through. We need to t- just retire Chuck Schumer as a majority leader. Put in a new majority leader so that we can actually get the things that the American people want, that they're demanding, in order to get growth, to secure our border, and have prosperity again that we once had in the first four in those four years of President Trump's presidency. Yeah, and, and you know, you know uh, Senator Schumer very well, and you've known him, you know, his history and his his stance on immigration. You know, he was against it back in the early 2000s. Now he's taxing us to death, literally. Uh, but why? I mean, give us a general, in your opinion, and I know this is a weighted question. Are they just looking for <laughs> nation or our country to fail so they eliminate the middle class altogether? Who benefits from their policies? Where? I mean, do you ever sit down and talk to someone, either a senator like Senator Schumer, and say, you know, over a beer or a glass of wine, what is that? What are you doing? You're destroying us. What would be their answer to that question? Well, you know, when I speak to people like Chuck Schumer, who I've known for many years, and, you know, we have perfectly reasonable conversations. I've talked to him about specific issues that affect our, you know, my district that he also represents in the Senate. And, uh, you know, he's very, we're going to take care of this and we're going to do that. And he makes a lot of promises. And in the end, it doesn't happen. He has so much pressure from the far left uh, that really just veto anything he may say he wants to do. But I'm not saying this about Chuck Schumer specifically, but I will say this about serving in the legislature uh, with a Democrat supermajority in the Assembly, and now we have a supermajority in the Senate, and dealing with a lot of the Democrats, not all, but a lot of the Democrats that I deal with in, in Congress, is mm-hmm. the Democrats care more about power and politics. Right than they do about actually serving their constituents, because mm-hmm. power is everything. Right. And when you're in power, right. uh, like the Democrats are, they tend to abuse power. And if you right. look at what the, how they misuse and abuse power, abuse of process by Letitia James, the attorney general, abuse, abuse of power with all these cases being brought, these fraudulent cases being brought against President Trump that are absurd in every way, but they're forcing those things, the misuse of the Department of Justice, uh, the misuse of the FBI and their resources, slow walking, whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop, whether right. it's covering up, you know, the fact that Hunter Biden had a storage container that the IRS whistleblowers said there's stuff in there we need to get to. Right. And yet they made the uh, statute of limitations expire by slow walking this, the FBI, the Department of Justice. So we couldn't get the information we need to prosecute Hunter Biden, which ultimately leads to Joe Biden. So we have the most corrupt administration in history Mm -hmm. that is using the arms, the most powerful arms of government, the FBI, the DOJ, the Mm -hmm. IRS, Mm -hmm. against its own citizens Mm -hmm. and against its own, and in in the case of Joe Biden, against his political opponents. And you could look all the way from President Trump all the way down to some of these people uh, that are wrongfully imprisoned and been been shaken down uh, from the January 6th incident and the the riot there. And many of these people were taken that did not do anything wrong. 
I, I'm not going to. I mean, look, January 6th was a bad day. A lot of bad things happened. Yes. But the Democrats would like you to think that it was a mass slaughter and tens of thousands <laughs> of people were killed. Worst thing since 9 11, yes. And, and Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Uh, worst thing. A- absolutely. And, and you're going to find there's going to be more information coming out that I've gotten, I've heard uh, that will be happening. We're going to find out more information about uh, the police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol. That's going to be interesting. His record, which has been basically covered up by Capitol, the Capitol Police, mm-hmm. uh, not them directly, but the people that have run that run traps on that under Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that has to happen, and I wish the Democrats would come clean on this. Many of them do support more security at the border, but many of them will not stand up uh, to the own their their own people and their own party who are who are just you know seeking a raw power you know lust for raw power well it's interesting that because i did read something today a uh, congresswoman stefanik roasts uh, the and i'm just looking at it right the sham of january 6th committee for illegally deleting over 100 records in the days before the republicans took over the house is is that what you were just referring to congresswoman tenney about how we might find out more about the police officer that shot her in the neck uh, we we will. We'll, I'm not sure that's where the trough comes from that at least uh, Representative Stefanik is talking about. But there is information coming out that we are getting at, that we're going to find out that the record for this police officer who shot Ashley Babbitt mm-hmm. is not. A, he's not a person uh, with a, a superlative record, no. and a clean record when it comes to that. So there's a lot out there. But this is just one small element of everything that's going on with our with our government. And, and, I mean, if you feel, and I, I know, let me tell you something, when I try, I love New York State. I've lived here my whole life. Mm-hmm. It's one of the most, be- if not the most beautiful state. No doubt. We have so many beautiful natural assets, water and everything. Mm-hmm. But you can feel the oppression of the New York State government when you're here. When you go to other states mm-hmm. where they, uh, they celebrate freedom and, right. and uh, low taxes, you can actually feel it when you get off the plane and, and you feel prosperity and, and things that we might have felt when I was younger. And I, I felt like there was a lot of hope. Right now, under one-party rule by the Democrats, and unfortunately, uh, doubled down by, you know, the Democrats in the House right. and in the Senate, mm-hmm. it has become just, you know, I feel we, many people are leaving New York State. We have the largest out-migration of any state in the nation mm-hmm. of people leaving mostly for economic reasons, mm-hmm. going to states where they have no taxes or low taxes or better opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if the Democrats continue to double on, down on, on terrible economic policy, terrible health care policy and this energy policy, uh, we're, it's really going to seriously hurt the state and our economy in the future. And we have so many wonderful assets that we need to protect and preserve. Oh, without without a doubt. I mean, we had the Olympics. I mean, what other state in the, other than Colorado, whichever, but we had, you know, we, we could do anything here. And, and it's, just, it's, it's just a tremendous place. I'm from Queens. I've lived up here for over 35 years now, Congresswoman. And it oh, is, wow. yeah, yeah. And I went to Oswego State and I was a priest. I did run into a couple uh, this past summer who left central New York. And they, they've been living down in Florida, and they, they, they talked my ear off. They were nice people, don't get me wrong. But they gave me so many reasons why moving to Florida with their three children was the best decision of their lives. And I'm thinking, well, that's nice. First of all, between you and me, Florida's flat. It's hot. It's hot between April and November, and I can't stand the heat. Plus, there's no mountains. Yeah, I, the ocean's nice, but there's the seaweed, all that stuff. Uh, I just It's a shame just as you described upstate New York particularly, that people are actually forced to leave one of the most beautiful spots in the world just because of bad policies and economics. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Glenn, you say that. I've talked to people in Florida who've come from the northeast, and they, they say there's five seasons in Florida. There is the super summer, which is super hot, that, right. was that uh, July, August, September time frame, and then there's summer, the rest summer, and then the other seasons. But yeah. look, Florida is, is wonderful, but they don't have our history. No. The rich history of upstate New York and founding our nation and mm-hmm. creating some of the titans in industry. You look just at our state. IBM was created here. Mm-hmm. Xerox, uh, Bausch & Lomb, Kodak. General Electric. Uh, all General Electric companies all over and, and great leaders. You know, we once had a venerable Supreme Court. Now right. it's our Supreme Court, or, I mean, our Court of Appeals, which is our highest court, mm-hmm. is an embarrassment with mm-hmm. this redistricting decision that just came down. I mean, these are things that we're, we're seeing, what the greatness of New York, the Empire State, where every right. capital was, every, you know, Empire um, uh, corporate headquarter was going to be here, and jobs are created, and innovation, and ideas, all those things that are what people think of New York, even New York City, with the financial sector, people are leaving if they can, mm-hmm. and if they can't, uh, it, it's, they're, they're struggling, and they're suffering here. There is, we've got to have hope, we've got to bring it back, and hope that we get people you know, to stay here, young people to stay and fight mm-hmm. the fight, and hopefully we can chip away at some of the bad policies happening in New York 
and, and have a renaissance here. And that's really what we need to do. Yeah, bring it right back to the, I mean, remember the Erie Canal was one of the greatest contributions to modern society. People don't look, it actually created Chicago as a result. But that's for another show. Uh, lastly, you tweeted something about a very special guy in the radio business. That's Rush Limbaugh. And you tweeted this, I think, today, just today. I st- and, you, and I quote, this is Congresswoman Tenney's quote today on what used to be Twitter. I still don't see anyone, uh, anyone today who has the courage, honesty, insight, humor, and charisma that Rush Limbaugh brought to every show. A once-in-a-lifetime gift to the true conservative cause. It was an historic day when Rush was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Trump on your birthday, which is next month, on uh, February 4th. And that was done in 2020. He's already been gone now for almost three years. Um, but uh, you, you said a lot of f- uh, very nice things about Rush Limbaugh in that tweet, uh, Congresswoman. Yeah, I mean, Rush was, is there, there was no, I don't know if there'll ever be another Rush. No. What he was able to do to no. break through mm-hmm. at a time when there was no Fox News, there was the independent radio stations were not as, as you know, there's actually a flurry of new ones uh, all over the place. that mm-hmm. are. And as you know, I'm a big champion of local news. Mm-hmm. That's why I put in a bill to help local news. It's one of the bills I've, I'm uh, sponsoring mm-hmm. uh, in Congress. It's bipartisan, by the way, to protect our local news industry. Mm-hmm. So, but you, you don't see anyone with, you know, that really was so groundbreaking as Russ, Loris Limbaugh. And, of course, if you look at my Twitter feed after that, all the, there's a legion of uh, people saying that, you know, he made the racist feel better and all this horrible... Yeah, yeah, oh, Rush. yeah, the same old stuff. Yeah, it's all the garbage <laughs> that comes after. When Rush was a, was an institution... But, the, you know, he made the industry... Uh, he made uh, it fun. You mm-hmm. know, he was funny, he was fun, he was edgy. Intelligent. Uh, he, he was great. I mean, he was just uh, a, a, an amazing guy. And I actually was in the chamber when President Trump uh, gave... Uh, and when actually President Trump awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Rush Limbaugh, and, and a Melania Trump actually pinned it on him yes. up in the gallery mm-hmm. during that event. And I, it was just, it was one of the most amazing days. I mean, I, I thought this was amazing. It was an amazing move by President mm-hmm. Trump. But if you could just see the look on the faces of the Democrats in the chamber at the time, yeah. it was priceless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a great moment, and uh, Rush, Rush Limbaugh certainly deserved it. Uh, look, we have to be happy warriors. He was a patriot. He was mm-hmm. a warrior. He had humor, and, and I think that's the secret. You know, you've got to you've got to actually not take yourself too seriously, which was Rush. Mm-hmm. You've got to remember, you've got to be resilient and strong. Those are things I learned from my father that I think are really important. Mm-hmm. And that's how how we move forward and, and create a better America. You know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We can't be victims. And and I think that you know those are things I learned from my dad, who was a poor kid from New Jersey who took care of his family. Mm-hmm. His mother died when he was young. There were nine kids. He you know, the good old days when you had to, you know, you had to work your way and pay your way through college and law school. And right. I mean, there's just a lot of there's just, you know, just well, examples everywhere of people like that. Yeah. And by the way, Rush Limbaugh came from nothing. He worked for the Kansas Absolutely. City Royals. He became good friends with my favorite player of all time. That's George Brett. But he did. It, he <laughs> saved. A, he, uh, he is. He's to this day. He still is, even though I'm a Yankee fan uh, because he was so good. But he created what I refer to. And it's, it's funny that people don't call it this Republican radio. He saved amplitude modulation. He saved. A- AM radio and his legacy lives today with Dan Bangino and and uh, Richmond and all and Travis and all those guys Hannity of course without Rush we're still playing uh, elevated music on this format right now so he was it's a great so contributor true. and you know what's funny uh, you know everyone I, I, I was a newspaper publisher I owned a newspaper and uh, people are always saying well it's going to be the end of newspapers and radio is going to get rid of newspapers and TV is going to get rid of radio right. To some extent, you know, obviously the Internet has, has right. largely influenced this. Mm-hmm. But I will say it is amazing, the resilience of radio, mm-hmm. to be able to drive in your car, to go to an event and have your radio in your ear and still observe wherever you're going. And I go to events, I'll go to, like, I, you see people all the time, they're listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. they're listening to the radio. And it is amazing to me, that medium uh, that we're on right now, how it continues to thrive, even though, you know, radio is going to die when TV came. Right. It's all going to be gone when the Internet comes. And yet, it's, you know, newspaper's tough. I'm glad we sold our newspaper in 2004. It's tough, of, yeah. You know, it was at the peak mm-hmm. because it's never really going to be the same because everything's online. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, a lot of people still like to read newspapers and, and uh, print. You know, they like to have it in their hand. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. just nothing like radio. And, and I find it so convenient. You know, if I'm 
going jogging. I put the radio sure. on in my in my ears and I jog. Or if I go on the treadmill, even I just I have the radio on. It's the only. And, uh, it's interesting. It's the only free wireless. And I, a famous radio guy up here, Joe Bross, said that years ago. The only free wireless you can get these days is AM/FM, and everything else you, you have to pay some type of fee for or have some type of internet uh, uh, connection to it. So it, it serves m- m- multiple purposes. By the way, I just heard, and although I don't have this official, Jim Love, Jim Levin. The owner loves you more than he already did for all the comments you said about radio, uh, Congresswoman. Just to let you know that. <laughs> no, he's great, and and we love him even though he's a Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> I know we always have to pick on Jim, <laughs> but no, he he agrees with you wholeheartedly. All right, so you're coming tomorrow. Well, well, hey, I come from a divided family too. There's lots of Democrats in my family, so I know. I, well, you're I, from I New York State, of course, of course, and I'm from Queens, where <laughs> we're surrounded by them, just like Met fans. So let me ask you: uh, You're coming up tomorrow. Are you going to be? Uh, will the public be able to see you, or, or what, what's that? What's happening tomorrow? Well, we're doing we're doing a, a roundtable with law enforcement uh, at three o'clock. We're also meeting uh, with a number of meetings in Watertown just to deal with some of the issues that our uh, the mayor wanted to discuss with us. And uh, those are, I mean, I, I I'm not sure how flexible my schedule is because they have a whole legion of people they want me to meet with and talk to about, you know, some of the federal issues we're facing. I already met with General Anderson from Fort Drum last week and got the, you know, the breakdown of what the the, the status of Fort Drum last year, mm-hmm. what we're looking to next year, mm-hmm. and uh, all the great things that are going to be happening at Fort Drum. So I got that, and then we're going we're we're just going to be meet, doing some Watertown, and then I've got to go back down to Oswego for the the late afternoon, and then mm-hmm. uh, we have to go back to uh, I have to go back down to the district. I've been I've been from one end to the other. Today I was in Victor. Mm-hmm. The day before that I was out in uh, Lockport in Orleans County. I've been in just about all twelve Pretty counties much. In, uh, since uh, I got back on Friday. Well, what, what, next time we talk, we'll talk more about the redistricting and when what's happening there out of Albany. You know, Ever, uh, but uh, uh, by then we'll we should know who's actually running for the Democrat. It, well, I, I shouldn't say that. You and I might be talking in the next couple of weeks, but something's going to happen. I have this hunch. I don't think it's going to be Joe Biden, but that's all I'm going to say for now. How can people learn more about Congresswoman Tenney uh, uh, by going online or, or or reaching out to you locally at your local office here, Congresswoman? Well, the best thing you can do is go to tenney.house.gov. That's my website. That's where you can find every every vote I take on the House floor. I explain in detail. Only member of Congress to do that still. Mm-hmm. And uh, we do. And if you if you miss it one night, we recap it all on Friday or sometimes Saturday morning when we get our weekly newsletter out. I just completed an annual report for 2023, mm-hmm. uh, recapping all of our work in the district, all of our work legislatively, mm-hmm. uh, and everything we've done in terms of community projects, uh, reaching out, bringing uh, resources back to our community. All those things are all recapped in an annual report, and I, I found out I think I'm the only member of Congress that does that as well, uh, and I've gotten a lot of wonderful feedback from everybody, and including other members that say, we like that idea, I think we're going to do it. So hopefully we'll continue to provide you know, top-level service and, and, and transparency. Mm-hmm. As you know, Glenn, we are not a liaison office. We are an aggressive advocacy office. We want to make sure that we get results for you. Right. And I think uh, your manager there, your owner, Jim Levin, can tell you that we fight for results for our constituents. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are hoping and praying that we get to keep New York 24 after redistricting in the, in, the, in the form that it's in now. We absolutely love the district, all 12 counties. It's an amazing district in so many ways. And it's just a complete honor and a privilege to represent it. So it's Tenney, T-E-N-N-E-Y, like J.C. Tenney with a T, ah. dot house, dot gov. That's a good way to remember it, by the way. Tenney with, uh, like, like J.C. Tenney. Because yeah. I, I forget the E sometimes. Sorry. But that's just yeah, me. Yeah, the E, everybody forgets. <laughs> Tenney, but it's not because it has an E-Y, you know. That's right. Well, listen, safe tra- uh, travels tomorrow. And hopefully we can have you in the studio, uh, if not, obviously, this month, in the next yes, uh, coming months. Sorry, so. we're in, we will definitely get in there. It's just a matter of timing. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that today. But we'll, we'll get in there eventually. We'll get, we'll get back up and uh, have a cup of coffee with you and Jim. And and uh, chew the fat. Awesome. Uh, Congresswoman right. Claudia Tenney, thank you so much for your time once again. Thanks. We appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Yes, you too, Claudia. Uh, Congresswoman. Talk to you soon. Uh, that's uh, Congresswoman Tenney. I was going to call Claudia. Yeah, I, you could do that. That's not bad. That's not a bad thing. So 755-1240, if you want to be the last caller, by all means, give us a shout. 755-1240. Call us up right now. Um, and typically, you know, uh, these calls go on a little bit longer uh, because, you know, it's an opportunity to speak to a, a congresswoman, or in our case, a congresswoman, a congressperson. And, uh, well, let me see. What, the things we talked about, obviously, are the results of tonight. Looks like Trump obviously is going to walk away with a win. We know that. It's the margin of victory is what people are, are observing. 
because everyone was like, like, oh, my God, look at the overwhelming margin of victory he had in the uh, Iowa caucus. I didn't think they made such a big deal about it, but they did. And uh, now they're going to be looking for that margin again. Again, I was going to ask the congresswoman about uh, 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 check that Nikki Haley. And and how is it after that 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 gaffe where she couldn't answer questions about the Civil War and its origins and how she went from that to basically being number two? Remember, DeSantis was supposed to be the guy, at least within a margin, maybe 10, 15 points. Well, that didn't happen. And uh, what what uh, Congresswoman Tenney was talking about as far as how New Hampshire sets things up with both Republicans and Democrats voting in the same primary. I, I think the same leverage or hedging is going on with Nikki Haley. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of Democratic support, just like what Chris Christie was getting. The majority of the monies that Chris Christie was getting to put up those awful TV ads where he even himself knew he was full of gar- uh, Maloney, uh, baloney. I mean, he couldn't even convince himself in those ads. Oh, yeah, yeah well, the, the, Im- the, the migrants, they got to come in legally. Yeah, okay, right. You're just spending Democratic money. And I think the same thing is true for Nikki Haley. And the more and more I learn of her on how liberal she is on a lot of things, uh, the more and more disappointed I am. That said, I do like Ron DeSantis. And for the record, I believe it was yesterday uh, that former President Donald Trump said, you know, the sanctimonious will never be said again. And he's a stand-up guy. There's so many people that—and uh, you know what? To some degree, Howard Stern was this way, too. He would bury the hatchet. And in politics, you got to do that. But so many people hold grudges today, particularly because of the Internet and the mob mentality. But, um, you know, if, if Trump gets in there again, something's going to happen in the 11th hour, the midnight on Election Day or prior to that— and the, the, the changing of the rules from one state to the other, particularly the swing states, the most important states. I, if, if, if God exists, and I know he does, he's going to put him back in there. They're going to make our lives miserable, and I say that a lot. But if he does get back in there, DeSantis uh, would have to make a serious decision to whether or not he would want to be his vice president. Uh, he wins, you know, Trump wins Florida anyway, uh, or part of his cabinet. I don't see him doing that. I think he'll just wait. He'll continue being governor of the great state of Florida. And, uh, and wait after Trump is done after four years because he can't run again. This will be his limit. Uh, but that said, Nikki Haley, I don't think she'll even be uh, asked to the dance, so to speak, because I think she burned a lot of bridges. And uh, the Sununu guy who's on his way out there as the governor, I don't remember his dad and whatnot. He was really good on CNN and Fox in the early days. But he's gung-ho about Nikki Haley for sure. So thank you very much, uh, Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. Uh, Other things I I wanted to get into, uh, and I mentioned this, but we'll talk next time about the redistricting, because at the end of the day, and this is how it gets crazy, that we might not even be voting for Congresswoman Claudia Tenney when Albany uh, changes the districts, the congressional districts, and the senatorial districts in the upcoming months. So we don't even know at this point, because for for a third time, unprecedented, they're changing it based on the census rules, which is crazy. AM 1240, WA10 Watertown makes this legal, uh, and we do this each and every day. We'll be back on a Wednesday, uh, so we'll see you tomorrow. Up next, of course, is CBS News. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm Matt Piper in Manchester, New Hampshire, where it's down to Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. So who are you supporting today? Donald Trump. Trump's the only one that can